James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 153 on the 25th of October 2010. How are you, James? Ian, I am great. Lovely. It's uh, a lovely day here. In, I'm in London today, which is a nice change. Mm-hmm. And uh, just come back from SCT and CTAM in New Orleans, which we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah, just got and, out uh, in time for the, uh, the big hurricane coming through. Uh, I thought it was actually going to hit while I was there, which um, would have been interesting. But I had to, my, my planes had to divert from Dallas because of a, a tornado or something. So, all right. It's all uh, free weather, weather. weather and yeah. crazy stuff happening at the moment. Well, welcome to coldness here. That's what I can say. Mm. Anyway, we're here to talk not about the weather. This is a digital media and technology podcast, isn't it? Indeed, and we're going to cover all the, all the things that are happening in the world of uh, business news, technology, getting content delivered to consumers. And uh, mobile devices, gaming, and perhaps some other stuff as well. Yeah, so you we'll, never know. Yes. Always so, an exciting category, that other one. So indeed. Hang so. around for 20, <laughs> 25 minutes and hopefully See keep you entertained. Happens. Yes. So um, uh, you've just been to New Orleans. What were you doing there? Well, there's a couple of conferences that are, that uh, dovetail uh, mm-hmm. and they, they kind of travel around the place. This time it was in New Orleans or New Orleans, depending on how you pronounce it. So what does CTAM stand for? Uh, actually, I was going to look that up this time. It's the Cable Marketing and Something Conference. <laughs> with, the, with a TA in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I'm actually going to look it up while we're... <laughs> CTAM. Cable, sorry, cable Technology and Marketing. Cable Technology. Yeah, there you go. There we go. In fact, I'm looking at the entire site and I can't even see a reference to it. Cable Technology, Telecommunications Association for Marketing. There okay, so it's one of these things that everyone uses CTAM that yep, everyone no actually forgets what, what it means. means. <laughs> but what, so what happened? What were the great uh, announcements? Yeah, it was interesting, actually. The, the was it about TV everywhere and over the top and he who controls the pipes controls the stuff? And Well, it, it, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting perspective to see where cable's going mm-hmm. in the States because uh, obviously if you're going to sell something, you need to market it to consumers. Uh, if right. you're marketing it to consumers, then you're going to talk about it at CTAM. Uh, and so you get a kind of first look at where things are going and where the kind of issues are and what the kind of business issues that Cable's mm-hmm. grappling with. And I know you and I often go to technology conferences. Yeah. But it's interesting to kind of approach it from a more uh, business perspective. And uh, there's, a, there's a kind of renewed sort of... Uh, uh, disquiet, I guess, about mm-hmm. the kind of uh, over-the-top services that are that are competing with cable now. I guess with Google TV coming up, mm. has, that, has that caused a bit of a stir? People it saying did. it did, definitely. In my, uh, um, and I mean, mind. to be fair, the the executives of these sort of conferences are all very bullish about cable. Still, um, you know, they're saying things like, uh, you know, consumers love the service. Uh, mm-hmm. The people that don't, the people that do cut the cord, are the ones that can't afford the service because right. they'd really love to have that sort of, you know, that. Uh, the content that we provide them, it's a great service, uh, all the recordings, all the multiple. I mean, obviously, and if you're an incumbent in a business, you're not going to believe your business is going down. But Well, exactly. Mm. <laughs> so there is a bit of that. But uh, there's a general, I don't know, wariness, I think, about the way the world's changing. Mm. And obviously, cable is very much trying to avoid becoming a bigger, dumber pipe just to put other people's content over the top because... Right. Uh, uh, they do make a lot of money, a lot of profit from uh, the delivery of broadband uh, compared with content, because once you've mm-hmm. set up the, you know, once you set up the pipe, uh, piping internet content over it basically costs nothing. Indeed. And you still have to keep mm-hmm. paying for that content. 
that uh, the video content in by comparison. Were there any kind of naysayers there saying, "Oh, you're dead"? You're, or they weren't allowed in because it's kind of a. Oh no, you're not let in. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you have to sign something at the door. You saying, have to believe. We love cable. No, it's <laughs> not quite like that. But um, it's certainly from an insider's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is how they continue to market cable. Um, there's a, a kind of. Uh, a little, uh, again, a little wariness about 3D. Is 3D the next big thing? Especially in the States, there's not a lot of talk about it. Um, yeah. It's certainly on the agenda, but but no one's kind of going, oh, this is the next big thing is going to save the world. Um, yeah. It's certainly, still, I mean, you can, in the UK, you can get 3D Blu-ray enabled 50-inch sets all in a home cinema set for a thousand pounds. So Wow. That's not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. It's funny. There's still a, there's still a premium uh, in other parts of the world though. Uh, although mm. the TVs in the States are so cheap. Uh, I don't know why you just wouldn't buy two, and most people do. So. <laughs> One free joy. Yep. Uh, so following that <laughs> Doesn't was... Doesn't uh, that way, I think, anyway. <laughs> no, <laughs> so following CTAM was SCT, which is the Society of Cable and Cable Television Engineers, of which I am a member, I might add. Still indeed, there, yeah. indeed. And uh, uh, it was a bit quieter this year than last year. I think uh, a lot of uh, people's budgets have been cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the interesting talk this year was it was all about, all about, and I mean... Almost all everything about. was all about delivery of content over IP. Really? Now, not internet delivery. Let's be clear. It's about uh, delivering of content using uh, IP digital packets. Digital video over IP kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And with the idea being that if you can get if you can get to the point where the cable is just basically one big fat IP managed IP is network. Kind of Ethernet to the home or? Basically. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's IP delivery and then. Passive optical network, I guess, if you want to go straight. Exactly. In. Exactly. And then at that point, you've got a much... From, a, from an engineering perspective, mm-hmm. you've got a much easier way of managing things because there's a lot of tools and a lot of capabilities for managing big IP networks. Come for free, don't they? Really? Basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, whereas managing HF, HFC networks, basically mm-hmm. video over video over MBEG transport stream is, uh, is still a very difficult task. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all intimately linked with the physical layer, really, mm-hmm. isn't it? That's the very much so. part of it. Mm, so all quite interesting then. But, very uh, interesting. No revelation. So meanwhile, back in the technology mm-hmm. park... Um, you picked up this story here, how Sony stopped manufacturing cassette Walkmans. Yeah. It? Now, can you believe this? Uh, <laughs> I, I was more amused at the fact that they were still, still making them up yeah. to a minute ago. Wow. Um, but they've sold approximately 200 mm-hmm. million and 20,000 of these cassette-based models. Um, wow. Uh, it, which I think is a staggering, staggering. They've lost out the, I mean, such an amazing brand. They just lost the opportunity, didn't they? I know. Uh, they, I mean, I remember when uh, iPods came out and then Sony had this uh, wacky, a, it wasn't AAC, but it was some other format. A-Track. A-Track. Was it? A-Track. Yeah, A-Track, which and was they, and on mini-disc. It's the mini-disc. Yeah, yeah they, okay. It was the format on mini-disc as well, mm. wasn't it? And probably like Betamax and VHS, it mm-hmm. probably was better. Yeah, but that's not the point. Everyone wanted MP3s on their devices and they refused yeah. to allow their devices to play MP3s or up until very recently. To anyone, right? yeah. so, that was the so it was a dead format. Same with, same with the memory stick. Mm. They were just crazy on that one. Same with this one. And, they, and it's a great brand and, and you can actually go into the... There's a Sony store here in Putney that I went down mm-hmm. and had a look today. You can actually buy a Walkman MP3 player now. Um, but they've really lost the... They came out the, the wacky kind of the Sony Roly or something, wasn't it? It was an MP3 player that rolled around on the floor. Yeah, like I, it was I couldn't ever see the point of one, that one, except I wanted one, because that would just be cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. But um, that is amazing, as you say. It's a weird little-known fact that uh, Sony stopped making after 30 years. After really 30 years. So they, the first one a, was I actually didn't have a Sony one. I think I had a JVC one. I know, but it, it did inspire an entire kind of generation of... Yeah, the mixtape, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Mm. 
It's funny because when you think about how progressive they were at the time, they mm. had two headphone jacks, so you could actually have two people listening to the same exactly. thing. So you could share music I had from one day which one. had a kind of a dock. You could dock it in, oh. and that turned it into a you know room room hi-fi. It's very good. Fantastic. So uh, yes, uh, R.I.P. Sonny Walkman. What yeah. a great uh, what a great product it was. Game changer. So uh, still keeping in the technology mm. uh, area, I just thought this was an interesting article that they're now they're now estimating that there's going to be about two billion users of the internet by the end of 2010. Um, when do we which, run out of uh, internet addresses? I think it's in about a month or so, actually. We, we're all, it's all over. They keep saying that, though, don't they? Well, they, we're going to say it's going to be 2011, and now they're saying mm. they're say it's any minute now. So I thought there were more people than that online. Is that Hang on. One third of the population will be online by the end of the year. When you, as in one third of the population of the planet. I'm sure it's... Oh, not just the US then. No, no, no. It's not like the World Series, which is... No, no. Just, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, okay, so that's pretty good. Or have access to that. Does that include libraries and stuff, or is that personal onlineness? Oh, not really sure. But I mean, sure. does that mean I email? Does that mean mm. Facebook? Does that mean yeah? And seventy-one percent of people in Western countries, whatever they're defined but as. My question is, if what what's happened to the other twenty-nine percent? I mean, seriously, how do you do business at all? Interact with the government, buy things, do anything yeah. without access to the internet these days? You can, what, well, what I guess it means they don't have, must be they don't have it at home because you can, I mean, there are some things you can't do on, unless you go online. They say we will only accept online applications. Yeah. I mean, I, like, there's lots of things like that now. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm, I'm still puzzled when you, you know, get credit card applications and things like that, which I had to do recently that you have to fill in bits of paper. It's like, what? Is it outrageous? <laughs> you don't have to sign something. <laughs> it's, that's the antiquated world of, of Ireland, maybe. Oh, no. um, okay. So, I mean, that's kind of interesting. It's not really talking about... This is more of a kind of sensationist, lots of people online. It's not a kind of, and yeah. the world's, the internet's going to break. But no, that's another no. kind of story, I suppose, isn't it? Indeed. Um, right. In the world of content, content delivery. delivery. Right. Yeah. BBC's been doing a bit of experimentation with 3D. Yeah, three-minute sequence. Yeah. Now, oh, sorry, I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, BBC reports three minutes of 3D. But I think what a great concept. Strictly Come Dancing, which is that kind of Dancing with the Stars yeah. kind of show. And that would be great in 3D. Tango. Um, and they recorded it and put it on cinemas, presumably at the front of some, you know, 3D film. Or yeah. Is that, um, will be shown in selected UK cinemas. Yeah, I guess when you're watching a 3D film, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. something on beforehand. But what a, what a great... Uh, I mean, there's some things which naturally... Uh, mm. seem to fit 3D. And that's something I got out of the last week as well. Some things work really well, like um, golf works really well in 3D. Yeah, live stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but they found that some things really don't work well or don't work quite as well. Things that are generally mm. three, uh, 2D in sort of format. Right. Um, so snooker. Yeah, for example, snooker. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not going to work. Flat things. Yeah, it, it just doesn't get Flat fishing, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so it, there's still a lot of experimentation to be done mm. there. Good to see uh, BBC's having a crack at it, um, but they've got nowhere really to play it out. So that's exactly, kind of hard. And there's, you know, it's just, I guess they have to do it because, well, in the, the realms of the UK weird license fee,ness mm. if some of the license fee payers have 3D televisions, they have to provide some content for them. Well, exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. so Sky has now launched their 3D channel in the UK. Yep. Um, but I haven't, I haven't heard anyone that I know that's. Well, the thing is, the early adopters tend to maybe, I guess it's maybe this after this holiday season. I don't know anyone who's got one either. So I have to have a looky-see at that. Um, 
So, uh, first pictures of UPC Horizon Gateway. Mm. Looks a bit like a sling box, doesn't it? And it looks pretty cute, though. Like a, with, instead of the gold bar, it's kind of a... Yeah, it looks like a gold bar, but kind of clear. see through bits. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, so. This is the box that uh, UPC uh, trying to roll out across mm-hmm. thirteen or fourteen of their operators across multiple countries. And, and I hear it's got uh, the most amazing award-winning user experience. So they say. I don't know how it's won any awards, given that it hasn't been released yet. But anyway, <laughs> um, um, but it, lo- it does look quite funky. It looks like a quality product. Yeah, and, it looks uh, it looks actually very nice. And the the remote control's got a keyboard on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would have, I originally thought that was just a silly idea, but then I actually gone and had a play with Google TV in a Best Buy the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, so again, surprisingly um, not as terrible as you would expect. Like it's a, the Logitech one, which, mm-hmm. so there's two things you get. You either get a Sony television with it built in, right? or if you're not buying a new television, then you can buy the Google TV product, which is $299 in the US. Yeah, and, and I saw a takedown of that as essentially as a, an Atom processor, like mm, a netbook from PC. <laughs> a couple of years ago, basically. Yep. Uh, and if you've got a remote keyboard, the keyboard's got a uh, like a touchpad on it so you can mm-hmm. use the mouse. Um, and uh, the keyboard you know, feels like a normal, uh, like a laptop keyboard, actually. Um, it's a bit smaller, very compact, but it doesn't look as tacky and as terrible as I'd imagined. So what program did you search for? Mm, well, it wasn't actually working in the store, but uh, <laughs> but I was interested in the connections and the way it worked because it actually takes HDMI in from your cable connection. It has an IR blaster to connect to the cable box. Yes. Yeah. But basically, basically slurps up your entire cable feed. Well, but it only works with um, DISH at the moment. I think there's only interaction with them. And from what mm-hmm. your discussion earlier on about SCT and CTAM, the cable guys aren't going to be jumping in too quickly Well, with funnily enough, there's a bunch of... Uh, uh, watch your video on the web services like from NBC and ABC and a bunch mm-hmm. of others that have said, no, nah, we're not going to allow it to work on Google TV at all. Yeah. So despite the fact that you can get your laptop and plug it into your TV, like my laptop has an HDMI connection, I could plug it into a TV right now. Uh, they've banned it from Google TV, which is kind of a bit spiteful, really. Mm. Um, it's not really, that's not really cricket. <laughs> <laughs> that's just digital <laughs> content delivery. Um, now, Netflix, and I think... Um, Mm, love similarly, you know, the, obviously the, the mm. big player in the US. Um, they've been talking about, I don't know if they're just going to uh, allow you just to have a streaming account and not get any DVDs. Yeah, you are. So for s- and same for Love Film in Europe, I think. They're saying it, same thing. Very interesting. And uh, uh, so everyone's going, wow, that's fantastic. I'm going to do that. Why, why wouldn't you do that? Watch as many films well, as you I like the, online. The problem, I think, I mean, certainly I've seen from the Love Film Service in the UK is the actual content available for live streaming is different from the packaged media content. The release uh, windows are not the same. So uh, okay. you have to wait. Right. Well, I mean, for eight bucks. Yeah, it's worth probably it. Probably worth it. I guess, yeah, yeah. Um, so you get, I don't know, there's 20, 30,000 films available you can watch online. And they're all uh, rubbish. <laughs> there is a lot of rubbish. No, they won't all be rubbish, but um, so. Uh, but this is a, a little article here saying that Netflix is um, Netflix accounts for twenty percent of the peak internet bandwidth used in the US. What happened to BitTorrent? What happened to the spammers? There you go. They've all gone. And uh, now I don't know where these numbers come from. And I tried to find out, and there's no. Uh, I don't know whether twenty percent seems like a nice round number to me floating around. Commission this study because the study <laughs> sounds a bit. Mm. But nevertheless, they reckon between mm. eight and ten p.m. Uh, which eight and ten p.m. The three and you know at least yeah. three important time zones in the states. Uh, anyway, so twenty percent of the the peak bandwidth in the U.S. is being used for Netflix. Now, if that's the case, 
Um, that's a hell of a lot of bandwidth. So I don't know how Netflix is making any money there. iPlayer in the UK as well. I mean, uh, that wouldn't surprise me. So uh, James, I, I dusted off my, my Wii, which has been sitting here under my uh, <laughs> classic 4x3 CRT TV. Yeah. I do mean dusted off because it was plenty of <laughs> dust dusty. Uh, loaded up, logged into the, I changed my the wireless network here, so mm-hmm. I had to re-log in there and they had to update the firmware and that took about three years because I had to have every update since the beginning of time. Does it has to do sequential updates, presumably. I don't know, it just took forever. But anyway, once it's done, I did, okay, right, I'll go to the Wii shop and I downloaded the iPlayer, mm-hmm. downloaded the iPlayer and, you know, it works. It's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Doesn't uh, you can't actually watch live TV event or t- or radio or anything like that? Yeah, like well, can. that's kind of the same for like my iPad client as well. To be honest, right? You can only watch catch up services. Okay, you can watch mm-hmm. all the catch up. The video quality is okay. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's, you can see the compression artifacts. Obviously, squished it down quite a bit, mm-hmm. and the audio is all right. I mean, it's uh, perfectly perfectly acceptable. Good enough for your average Joe user. Exactly, and on my CRT TV, to be fair, it mm-hmm. looks. Really well, <laughs> you've never seen a quality TV anyway, so <laughs> not recently. Yeah. Um, okay. In the world of mobile, any new apps you either go on that um, that uh, feeding string breaking monster thing? That was oh yeah. What do you think? You like it? They're actually cut a bit the harder than you think. Cut the rope. It is a bit harder. Yeah. Lots of them require like timing and kind of coordination. Yeah, and not the kind of things I do very well. <laughs> so um, I might. I, I've just got the free version, so I'll uh, have a look at that. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, worth take a look at that. Um, mm-hmm. But I also saw, in fact, today a company called Lumigon. L U M I G O. And look in the show notes. You'll mm-hmm. find all the links to the stuff we've been talking about in the show notes. Um, they've come out with a an Android phone. Um, mm-hmm launching towards the end of this year and early next year which I thought was quite interesting because it's Bang & Olufsen that mm. premier kind of I guess it's a European brand doesn't see much yep. airplay outside of the U- Europe um, you know with enhanced audio circuitry whatever that means um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can dock it and use it as a uh, into your TV mm-hmm. so you can use it as a media playback device and it's got yeah, a it 720p it's got yeah. a HDMI dock, I think that's what dock, yeah. to. But it looks like quite a neat kind of phone, to be honest. Yeah, mm. it looks very nice, very slick. I mean, the... And B&O wouldn't have put the name on it unless no, exactly. they were comfortable with it, I guess. Yeah, um, and I mean, I've, I've been to the B&O uh, offices, in fact, and, and uh, talks about various things at, at different times. And mm. and uh, they kind of say, people ask, what are the specs of the television you're buying from B&O or whatever? Mm. And the answer is, it's sufficient. As in, you know, you're paying the money for it. You got everything that you would, you know, Trust you expect. The brand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's, it's yeah. very high in brand. And I don't know what the price is for these phones. Well, exactly. If you um, need to ask, then you probably can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, why not B and O phone? I'm sure they'll sell a few of those. Yep, and uh, running Google Androids. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's only one picture of it, so it's kind of a bit hard to. Tell yeah, much no more real that, user experience. I also saw some stuff today about people. Um, BlackBerry announced that for their. Uh, Happy Pad or whatever it's called. You can download Happy the <laughs> you can download the Playpad. That's what it's called. You Play can Pad. download the dev kit, which includes a, a Windows OS simulator. So you can Ooh, have nice. like some of the stuff there, but there's not much, um, no apps, and you can't actually see what it's going to do. But mm. you can run your own apps. Um, Gaming World. Did you play anything on your Wii? Um, well, I almost cranked up Super Mario Brothers, but then I figured I had some work to do today, so <laughs> <laughs> it would uh, I'd be there for a while. I actually want to play Super Mario Brothers too, but um, I kidnap my Wii and get take some, it home with me. Get some Wii points out. Mm. Well, mm. clearly with the dust on it, no one was using it, so you'll be exactly. all right. Exactly. I had to replace batteries um, and remotes and everything. <laughs> so I had a little story here about um, people kind of hacking the PlayStation 3. Mm. 
Uh, and actually, you can buy a, I guess it's one of these um, uh, USB brake sticks kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Patch, like the patch sticks, I guess they call them. Okay. Um, and I guess this enables you to plug this stick in. People were buying these things from Hong Kong. We're getting them made right. in Hong Kong. Um, plugging them into your PS3, which then enables you to pay uncopied protected games, I guess. Okay. I guess copy discs, effectively. Right, right. Um, and there's been a lot of kind of cease and desist letters going around from Sony, particularly in Germany, for mm. some reason. I guess that's maybe... They must have stronger uh, copyright or hacking laws or something. Mm, mm. Um, I mean, there's a fine line here between if I've bought some hardware and I want to do something else with it, whatever that might be, run my own programs, um, put my own operating yeah. system on it, you know. If well, it's they just support that. You could put your own operating system on, right? That's the, well, you could on the PS3, but you can't put Linux on it anymore. So. Right, okay. Um, but uh, when it's just to play pirated games, you know, I can understand. Yeah, uh, and especially they're basically, upset. I think, saying you buy you, they're prohibiting the sale of these devices, which are labelled PS3 break. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> they so, weren't um, very subtle about it, were they? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, you know, I guess someone's placed an order for these things and uh, mm. they're doing it. So, uh, well, they're saying that Sonny's sending letters out and uh, if you don't, if you don't uh, promise to take your PS3 break stick and break it into several pieces, um, uh, they'll send you a penalty notice of 50,000 euros or two and a half thousand euros, depending on what the lawyers think. Mm. So, uh, I don't know. Um, well, I guess you guess you got to do something. Got a bit of publicity, so... Yeah, I guess we'll, think twice about it. we'll see. But it's interesting. They're still trying to sort of... Obviously, they've admitted it's been hacked, I suppose, and they can't do mm. anything about it, so... Well, that's, I mean, when, once you bring the lawyers in, then you mm. really know you've lost uh, the yeah, technology yeah. battle because... Uh, that means that they've, you know, they've they've uh, left all the kind of technological barriers behind, and and they've only got letters to, <laughs> to try and force people to do something. Exactly, and they don't do they know where everyone lives? That's the tricky mm, part. Well, um, back on the Wii story, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I bought these things to plug into the bottom of your Wii remote. Mm-hmm. Um, in a week's time, uh, you'll be able to buy a new Wii controller called the Wii Remote Plus, which includes this um, yeah includes the gyroscopes in it the gyro also. and accelerometer bits and pieces so Fantastic. about time too really I mean yeah well I guess they had to do something to compete with this, the uh, the move and the and connect the yeah, yeah. Uh, which uh, I heard this that uh, Microsoft was going to spend something outrageous like a billion dollars in a billion it was some large number of mm. amount of money 500 million or something in advertising uh, the move uh, the move mm. the connect I was in um, Paris last week and I saw mm-hmm. All over the Paris Metro, um, big mm-hmm. billboards for the AR drone. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> which I think were being uh, advertised. There was a, one of these kind of companies that sells sort of toys for boys, uh-huh. and that was they have got the exclusive deal on it. But literally every metro station I went through had a big billboard wow. saying AR drone only, only available from Vanak, whatever it was called. Yeah, from you can get it in Brook, Brookstone, I think it's called in the US. And mm-hmm. I actually went in a store and I had it. I had it in my hands, James. It oh. just looked fantastic. I was just going. There's, there's just physically no way I can get this back to <laughs> back across the pond in one piece. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it definitely would have been in my luggage somehow. But uh, I think it would have made it. <laughs> what a great little toy! So uh, if you if you're wondering what we're talking about in this respect to this, it's a a uh, quadcopter with uh, remote control via your iPhone. Yeah, we've talked and, about uh, it before. It's remote control. It's got a front-facing and a downwards-facing camera, and you've got various games and stuff you can play with it. So, testing. So, uh, so um, in the realm of other, mm. what is happening here? You've got a Turing Prize. Turing yeah. Prize, as I re- record it, is um, 
trying to fool people into thinking they're talking to another person, mm-hmm. not a computer. Mm-hmm. So and, who uh, is chatbot Suzette? Well, Suzette is uh, the winner of this New Year's, and they've called it the Loebner Prize. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way it works is they set up a they set up a protocol by which you, uh, the judges and the the, the um, simulated humans are separated mm-hmm. by this protocol. Right. That um, you send off some text and you get some text back. And sometimes they put humans at the other side of this protocol, and sometimes they put these chatbots at the other mm-hmm. side of this protocol. And it's about the four. They normally end up with four, and then they kind of compare them. And mm-hmm. uh, if you go and have a look, you can have a look at the dialogue and stuff. And I, I just thought over the last year, it's been interesting to see where this kind of AI stuff has gone because um, you know, traditionally there's been a few kind of, you know, the, there's always been a few of these kind of programs about, but the way they're looking at um, actually solving this problem now and convincing you that you're human is not actually by doing anything smart in terms of grammar or words mm-hmm. or understanding. It's actually by watching what humans do. And copying them. And, uh, and copying them. So one mm-hmm. of the well-known ones from last year called, uh, that was Cleverbot, it mm-hmm. uses 45 million lines of memorized user chat. So basically they set up a website and got people chatting to it and then, you know, whenever it well, did something. What does look at the sort of user groups and things like that? Basically. No, it's actually actually chat chat with itself and then they, re- they record it, take a copy of it, and then when you, when you put in something that someone else has said somewhere else, then it looks at the response from the human Mm-hmm. Um, and then uses part of that in the response for, for that one. Uh, Ultra Hal is another one that they've got there, and it's listening to tweets, so it has about 300,000 Have um, you friended, a, friended Ultra Hal up? <laughs> Maybe I should. It's probably chatting to me right now. Um, but I did have a look at the, the one that won, which was uh, Suzette, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's interesting. Have a look at the article. It's interesting to see how they, um, you know, the kind of technical issues they had. Um, it basically it kind of went through a round of kind of emotive responses to the mm-hmm. judges because it just wasn't understanding what they were saying. And that convinced them that, in fact, it was a human. Um, uh, that combined with the fact that one of the humans actually was a bit a bit distracted and a bit kind of not making much sense, which, you know, humans do have a tendency to do, that's to be fair. So it just had a, it had a hissy fit or something, did it? And yeah. They, they and, thought it was uh, real. And then they thought, oh, that must be the real one. So that mm. won the prize. So I just, it's interesting, interesting uh, little prize that comes out each year and, uh, and I'm amused to see how things are, are going now. So I don't, I'm kind of saddened in a way because if you're looking at uh, humans as an example and kind of copying them, then it's not quite the same as kind of artificial intelligence. But by the same point, uh, I've, if you go in her line and have a chat with Suzette, then the responses sound very human. Like it's, uh, you have to try but something. I mean, having, just look at the, the show notes here, you'll see the first round, Suzette didn't say anything at all. It was rubbish. Round two was good. Round three was... Nobody can understand anyone. And round, <laughs> round four, it was okay. So it's a long way from fooling mm. everybody all the time. Yeah, oh, I think, absolutely. You know, so absolutely. I, I wouldn't worry, you know, those call centers. Yep. Humans, you, you're safe. They really are people when you eventually get to speak <laughs> yeah, to someone. Right. So don't worry about it too much. Uh, which is funny because uh, I was on a plane this week and wanted to use the Wi-Fi online and, and couldn't mm-hmm. get connected and had a chat service to help you out. I thought that would be interesting because, you know, some of them are fake chat services that oh, okay. give you frequently asked questions and some of them are real. Mm-hmm. And I got very upset because, you know, I'd put my credit card details in several times, it wasn't working and la 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 and, and it was definitely a human at the other side. Yep, I can, I can pretty much vouch Did you get that. online eventually? I did eventually. You gave me a free code. So <laughs> if you can't get on, complain and... Um, free codes. And you might get free codes. Mm. All good. Excellent. Well, I guess that brings us to the end. Do send us your feedback to feedback yep. at onthecouchpodcast.com. Yep. Love to hear from you. And uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you uh, talking to you next week on episode 154 indeed goodbye from me james and goodbye from me and cheers 
This episode of On The Couch Podcast is brought to you by embeddedadventures.com, your source for embedded kits and things to play with. 